Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast hosted by a group of three. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who is very independent. Super independent, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who is the king of Maction. Love Maction. Love it. Trey Newman. All right. On today's episode, we'll start out by discussing the top independent teams. Then we're going to count down the top 10 group of five teams and, of course, make our picks to win each G5 conference. As always, be sure you're following us on Twitter, at CFB Bros, on Facebook, facebook.com, slash college football bros, and on Instagram, at college football bros. And then one more thing, uh, our voiceover talent, Sarah, who you hear at the beginning and end of every podcast, is trying to be more active on Twitter. So give her a follow as well, at CFB underscore Sarah. Awesome. All right. We've got uh, some five-star reviews to read as well. Ryan, get us started there. Okay, we got one from uh, the Pacific Northwest here. It's from uh, DJ Gaman, I think. That's my guess. Uh, see, he's, he's, uh, he's got Pac Northwest Missing Link was his uh, title there. And he says, I'm an SEC slash Tennessee football fan out in the Pacific Northwest. Been searching for a good college football pod and found college football bros. Not just good, but great. Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. We sure will. <laughs> thanks a lot tj uh trey what's what's the next one i'm not sure why that's funny yeah <laughs> the way you said that was funny for some reason yeah, thank you i'm a funny guy <laughs> yeah we got one from caleb mac daddy uh he titled it obsessed i somehow came across this podcast on spotify and immediately immediately got hooked thank you guys for having in-depth knowledge on all of college football and not just the big 12 or the acc or the sec these guys know all of the college football world, and I'm hooked to the show. War Eagle, Caleb. Appreciate that, Caleb. All right. Yeah, that was a great one. Uh, shout out to Spotify also. Yeah, I know, right? What, we're, we're, what's going on some, there? For some reason, we're huge on Spotify. So yeah. shout out to those listeners. We're not going to really touch that. We're just going to kind of let yeah. it be. I'm not questioning it. I'm no. not questioning it. <laughs> we deserve to be number one. We do. We do. Um, all right. We've got one more review. Uh, it's from Bar Bouncer 71 and he says, Dan and Ty are great. Love this show. Good job, bros. Stay solid. Dan and Ty aren't bros. I don't know what that one's all about. I guess he likes the solid verbal and, and maybe sort of us, but <laughs> yeah, we'll take the five stars. Yeah, exactly. I passed it on to Ty Hildenbrandt, so. What, I'm sure Ty really appreciated that. He appre- oh, of course. He, that's, he could use some, some affirmation, yeah, exactly. that little show over there. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Let's get into football. We'll start with the independents, and we'll start with the best independent, Ryan. Sure. Okay. So we got New Mexico State here, the oh, Aggies. Oh, side. Just no lobbed snap. that one up for you. You hit it out of the park. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All righty. Now, for real, Notre Dame, uh, their win total is set at nine, and the over is the minus 130 favorite. Uh, I like Notre Dame this year, at least with that line. Uh, they got a lot of returning talent, 14 returning starters. The offense really took off, of course, when Ian Book was uh, for sure the starter last year. He kind of gave them a dependable passing game that, you know, Wimbush really wasn't able to give them. And while Ian Book isn't a blazer, he, he has enough, you know, in his legs to give you some some first downs that are crucial for you. 
But they got a lot of coming back around him, too. Four starters on the line return. Chase Claypool and Chris Finke on the outside. Two really good playmakers there. They do have some losses to deal with. Dexter Williams, he was their leading rusher. Uh, and Miles Boykin, he was their leading receiver. They're both gone. Uh, but I don't think those guys are, like, irreplaceable. Uh, Jafar Armstrong, he might actually even be an improvement at running backs. He was just kind of injured last year and was kind of a little underwhelming because of that. But I think he's going to have a breakout year. So I see a top 15 type of offense from Notre Dame. And defense might take a little step back. They have they do lose like five really, really key pieces. But they still have a lot of talent there. So I'm going to trust that they're still going to be solid there. And I'm going to take the over here uh, on the Fighting Irish. So I I agree with most of what you said. The one thing, though, about Miles Boykin, I think that's a big loss. He was a big target, like someone that Book could just pretty much throw up to and he'll go get the ball. Uh, so so that might hurt more than than maybe you led on. But I, I agree with you, Trey, there. I mean, there's just really not, especially at receiver, not a proven explosive playmaker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but if they do fill that void, it really does have the a chance to be Brian Kelly's best offense at Notre Dame. I just, I really wasn't a huge believer in Ian Book. And man, he proved me wrong. He was so good last year, you know, head and shoulders above what uh, what Wimbush could do in that offense. And defensively, they they do have a strong pass rush with DNs like Julian Okwara, Khalid Kareem, and Dalen Hayes. Uh, they got some strength at linebacker in uh, Bilal. And then you've got Gilman and Elliott could be the best safety tandem in the country. So I'm 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 high on the defense. I'm going over on the Irish. I just don't see them losing four games on on this schedule. Yeah, there are a lot of great players still left on the defense, but I just want to name those guys that that Ryan kind of alluded to that they lose on defense. Jerry Tillery up front, Tavon Coney and Drew Tranquil at linebacker, Julian Love at corner. I just don't think you can lose all the all those guys, even with the great talent they still do have, and not get you know a little bit worse. And the schedule has some some tougher road games this year than you know compared to last year. They've got at Georgia, at Michigan, and at Stanford. So you know, well, I, two of those three are tougher than <laughs> than one. Yeah, at Stan. I mean, but still, yeah. you you never know with Stanford. Yeah, they could yeah. be pretty good. Yeah. Um. So I think nine and three is most likely. Um, right. They they'll be very good. But just with the schedule, I'll, I'll lean slightly under. Yeah, that's the thing, though. I just, like Trey said, I, I see, I don't see four losses. I could conceivably see three, two games you'd expect. They might win one of those, Michigan, Georgia. They, they could potentially do that. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't see two others in addition to those. So, you know, go Irish this year. Fair enough. Ryan, did you take a look at USC on the schedule? Did you see that team listed there? Um, Sorry, Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I think I think we can all conclude though that we probably don't see another playoff run this year though. No, but I didn't see it last year either. Yeah. So Yeah, true. 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 I, I wouldn't rule it out. Michael, I was watch I was for some reason on YouTube, like on one of my suggestions was like a USC versus Notre Dame NCAA football like simulation. Oh yeah? How'd it and go? It showed, How'd it go? And it showed USC one. Wow. So, Whoa. Yeah. Yep. Breaking news. All right. <laughs> uh next team we have here is BYU and their total is six and a half the under's a minus 120 favorite but I'm I'm really high on BYU this year Zach Wilson at quarterback I mean if I were a BYU fan I would be super pumped about the future with him he started seven games last year as a true freshman and he was 13th in the country 
in pass efficiency rating, right behind Trevor Lawrence. So that's right. He's almost as good as Trevor Lawrence. Is ex- wow. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Um, Sounds like it. Yeah. No, but the bowl game last year. How about that game against Western Michigan? 18 for 18, 317 yards, four touchdowns, and no picks. Yeah, that was He played the perfect game. That was amazing. Like, I've never seen anything like that. So that's that. That's that. Exactly. Okay. And, you know, he's got most of his supporting cast back, his star tight end, Matt Bushman. And the defense is usually pretty solid. They were good last year. So despite a brutal schedule, I'm taking the over. That's the thing is they do have a real brutal schedule. Uh, But I agree with you on on Zach Wilson. He's awesome. There's another name uh, receiver he's going to be able to throw to is uh, Gunnar Romney. It's a kind of a perfect BYU name. Yep. And, is he, is yeah. there a relation there? I, you would think there would, maybe somehow. But <laughs> uh, And the offensive line, it should be pretty strong. They return two freshman All-American and a majority of the, the starts that they had on that line. The only maybe issue I do have with the offense is running back. They're going to have to rely on a couple grad transfers or maybe even Lopini, Lopini Katoa. But... Um, I they think Wilson some, will make. They had some injuries last year at running backs, and so I, I don't think that'll be too huge. But I do agree, though. Um, yeah, I like I like BYU as well here. Sorry, Trey. No, no, that's fine. I was I just wanted to close out with saying that um, that brutal schedule. They they could really start out zero and four and really not be that bad of a team. That early slate is is so tough. Right. So because of that, I'm going to lean under just because of the slate. But I think they're I think they're good. Do you have the four teams they start out with there? Yeah, so they play Utah in the Holy War. They play at Tennessee. They play home to USC and home to Washington. So there's there's some chances there to make a name and 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 get a couple big wins, but yeah. it's tough. How many of those four games do they win? Honestly, I would say one. Yeah. Yeah. One or two. One or two. I could see two though. I could Oh, I could see two. Yeah. I just I'm going to say one. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I'm so of those, they're tough. Their schedule they're, of those first eight games, which are definitely they definitely have a front loaded schedule. If they just go three and five in those games, I think that's definitely possible. They have their last four games are relatively easy. So and they, I, I don't think they're going to lose any of those. So that would get them to over. That would get them at seven. So with with what they have coming back on offense and then their defense, I really like their defense, especially up front. They're going to be hard to run the ball on. They got that big nose tackle, Kyrus Tonga, coming back. He is a tough guy to move. So I'm going to go over on BYU. I think they they get over there and get to seven. Next up, we've got Army. Their over-under is actually set at 10. So the double-digit mark. You know, Jeff Munkin, he's done one of the best jobs ever, really, in how he's converted Army into a force. It, it's It's really amazing. He gets... Experience Kelvin Hopkins back at quarterback, and he was a star last year. They have some experience at fullback uh, with Slomka and and Kel Walker at slot back coming back. The line should be a strength for them as well. Uh, so they should. I don't see any reason why they won't be another have another great year on the ground. The defense, though, they do lose a, a decent chunk of production, so I I do expect to see a, a drop off there. There are some veterans in the back end, led by corner Elijah Riley, but um, but they're going to need some players to step up if they want to match last year's production. You know, you look at their schedule; it's it's kind of a joke, but uh, <laughs> it's I definitely that, a joke. Yeah, the the I, but I do think the defense might hinder them a little bit, so I don't think they're going to duplicate last year's success. So I got to take the under. 
Yeah, I, I agree with your your sentiments about the offense. No reason to think it shouldn't be good again. But I, you know, I am skeptical of the defense as well, and mostly because it's been described as a bend but don't break defense last year. <laughs> and I don't know. I feel like whenever a defense is described like that, it just means maybe they were a little bit lucky in the red zone and they lose Jay Bateman, their defensive coordinator. They lose five of the starting front seven. So, yeah, I think they'll take a step back. And yeah, let's just I mean, that schedule, I'm, I'm not going to go through it. I think earlier in the offseason, I went through it and literally listed the teams they're playing record last year. I'll just do a quick impression of that. It was like one and eleven, two and ten, three yeah. and nine, one and eleven. <laughs> that's basically what it was. So outside of Michigan. Exactly. Right. That's the thing though. They do have at Michigan, there's a let's call it a likely loss. And then yeah. they've they've got to go eleven and one the rest of the way to beat me if I take an under. And even with that easy schedule, that's asking a lot. So I, I will go under. Yeah, Mike, you I have the exact same thought as you. They're just not gonna I have a hard time believing that's just going to be 11 and one the rest of the way. That's really tough to do just because Cole Christensen is like their only returning experienced player in that front seven. And that defense was, that was really the reason why they were good last year. I mean, their offense was fine. It was good. Kelvin Hopkins is a great player, but I mean, they held OU to what? 21 points in the regulation last year. That was incredible. Yeah. They took them to overtime. That was incredible. So I don't see any way that they can repeat that. Uh, so I will also take uh the under on army i don't know if we can confirm that oklahoma score though because everyone had to watch it through like a, <laughs> yeah a phone so i don't yeah, know if it was that, like some guy's twitch or something some guy's like streams. that so i don't know if that actually happened or <laughs> unsure unsure <laughs> uh okay well apologies to new mexico state umass and liberty but yeah we're just gonna move on we'll, to what's that i don't think we'll get a bunch of grief for that no, I don't think so. So yeah. we'll move on to the group of five, and we'll start with Factor Fiction. Uh, go ahead, Trey. Yeah, Factor Fiction. Josh Heupel is the most underrated coach in the group of five. I'm going to say that's fiction, not because I don't think that Josh Heupel is a decent coach. I, he, he is. I mean, he don't go undefeated not being a decent coach, but I'm going to just kind of go somewhere else where it's really hard to have success, and I'm going to say Willie Fritz at Tulane. That's a good one. I think uh, he won a bowl game last year at Tulane. That's a tough place to win. And honestly, I like their chances to to make another bowl game this year. They got a lot of re- returning talent. So I just think he's done a great job there and not really well known nationally. Yeah, I'm going to say fiction as well. Um, for me, it's because I just, I haven't totally made up my mind on Hypel. I think this year is probably going to tell us a lot about him. And uh, And I'll throw out another guy, Chris Creighton. Whoa, from it's a uh, good one though. Yeah, from Eastern Michigan. When he when he took over Eastern Michigan, they hadn't had a winning ru- record in almost twenty years. They were one of the ru- worst programs in college football. Yeah, the last three years they've gone seven and six, five and seven, seven and six. That and it very easily could have been better. I mean, that's the thing we always joke about how how many one score games they've lost, and not even yeah. just one score games. It's not like. They're losing one and two point games. It's crazy unlucky. So. <laughs> In heartbreaking fashion. Yeah. So I this one this one's really tough. I'm gonna say fact, but there there's so many candidates like guys we didn't even mention like Rocky Long, Frank Solich at Ohio, but but for me, Heupel, he's just not getting any credit for last year's UCF run. Uh, I know he inherited a lot from Frost, but 
you know, they still went unbeaten. And that's not easy to do with the target on their back. And 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 previously or yeah, prior to his stint at UCF, he led great offenses at Oklahoma and turned Missouri's offense into a great one with Drew Locke. So, you know, it's a, it's a it's tough, but I'll say he's he's underrated. All right, next question, fact or fiction, in terms of its impact on the playoff race, Army at Michigan is the most important game involving a non-Power 5, non-Notre Dame team. This one's tough. I'm going to say fiction. Uh, people are just going to simply look at Army almost beating Oklahoma and think that they can do that again, something like that this year. But I think Michigan, they have obviously a much more superior defense than Oklahoma, and they're going to shut that option down. So I'm going to look at a game like Cincinnati at Ohio State. Wow. Uh, Luke Luke Fickle. I mean, the Buckeyes will be adjusting to Ryan Day. Luke Fickle's familiar with the Buckeyes, and they return a lot from a good team last year. So maybe. Yeah. No, that's that's true. It's a good one. Um, I'm going to say fiction as well, just because Army's, I mean, they're not going to the playoff. No. <laughs> not happening. Oh, oh. It's just not Shots happening. fired at Michigan. <laughs> it's not happening, Mike. So, um. But Wait, Ryan, I, are you are you being serious right now? I said Army's not going to the playoff. I know. I'm talking about Michigan as the team that might go yeah, to the playoff. Yeah, Michigan. Well, I know, but it's like Michigan's going to win that game. Okay, well, then find me well, a better the, one, Ryan. Find me a better <laughs> that's, one. That's, yeah. that's what I'm about to. Just let me All get right, to it. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> Man, uh, I was looking at a lot of the you know group of five teams' schedules, and a lot of them are just eliminated because... They just don't have the, a tough enough schedule. You know, we've seen it at UCF. They just didn't have anybody to compete with. So I went with um, Houston at Oklahoma as my my top game. Because if Houston went undefeated, they'd actually have a legit chance to make the playoff. Because not only do they play OU, but they also play Washington State. I mean, potential top 25-ish type teams. Pretty solid squad. So win both of those could beat like the Memphises and the UCFs and the Cincy's and the, and the American, then you're talking, then Houston has a legit shot at the playoffs. So, you know, that's just kind of my thinking, but. Okay. So you, you took this question a different way. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah. I was, I was looking at more of the perspective of army. Then, yeah, I I actually agree that Houston, you know, I know they none of them really have a chance. I mean, I guess, but I guess you're right. If, if, if Houston somehow went undefeated. Well, you talked about this last year where like FAU, you were like, only FAU is the team that has the chance of making the playoff from the G5 because they right, play at but, OU. But it was purely schedule. I wasn't saying they were going to yeah, go I undefeated, know. Ryan. I believe I said they'd go five and seven. I think that's exactly what I said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, sure. Right, right. <laughs> no. You were bagging Lane Kiffin. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Well, for this question, I'm going to say fact. Um. The point spread seventeen and a half, which is the the closest of any game involving a you know playoff contender and a non Notre Dame non Power Five team. Houston Oklahoma is more than that. Houston Oklahoma is twenty six. Wow, that's crazy. I'm taking Houston. It does sound high. It does sound high. Yeah. All right. We're moving on to our, our last uh, fact or fiction here. Seth Luttrell will still be North Texas's head coach next year. I'm going to say fiction. I, I just think after this year is going to be the right time to go. He's had two really good years. He's got a veteran team coming up here. And most importantly, Mason Fine, his star quarterback is a senior. So it's time to cash out after this season. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think he's gone. Um, I think one destination could be a school like 
Iowa State if Matt Campbell leaves. Yeah, yeah, but, it could. Yeah, that could happen. I, I've, if I'm Latrell, I might even be having my my eyes set a little higher than the than Ames. But I mean, he doesn't have to. Do, he's going to be the top. I'm going to say it's it's also fiction, by the way. But he's going to be like the top candidate as far as G5 and independence. He won't be. There's like Satterfield's gone, Neil Brown's gone, uh, Matt Wells is gone. So yeah, he's he's next up. It's him, and then potentially Brian Harson if he ever decides to leave. But who knows when, when, or if that'll happen? Yeah, f- for some reason he hasn't been like. I don't know. When you talk about big jobs, his name hasn't really been like super serious of the other those types of jobs. I don't know why. Yeah, it gets mentioned, but doesn't quite come through. Yeah, he just didn't really seem like a serious candidate. I don't know. All right. Well, that does it for fact or fiction. Uh, Let's get to our top 10 G5 teams. And I got to give you guys a warning here because, Ryan, last episode you picked Baylor to win the the Big 12 championship. And so that kind of inspired me to go a little crazier with my picks in this episode. So (laughs) just just be ready. Okay. Uh, Who's number 10 on the list? All right. Number 10, we have the Thundering Herd of Marshall. Uh, to the Conference USA, their over-unders being set at 7, with the over being the heavy favorite at minus 175. I'm uh, I'm a bit mixed on Marshall this year. I expect the offense to improve with four returning starters on the offensive line. And Isaiah Green, he's back for his sophomore year at quarterback. He had a good, strong freshman year. Uh, and then they added a weapon around him. They got a wide receiver, Taven Richardson from Kentucky. But the question for for that offense is, can they limit their turnovers? They had 24 last year, just way too much. So that's going to have to improve because I don't feel like the defense will be able to bail them out as much as they did last year. They lose a lot from their front seven. Secondary should be solid. Um, They have a couple of good experienced safeties and corners. but So I, I think the offense will take a big jump with Isaiah Green doing that freshman to sophomore leap. I think that'll kind of overtake like maybe the defense's regression. So I'm going to say they do just enough to to get over here. That's that's exactly the key, Ryan, is Isaiah Green. He needs to have that big leap in order for this offense to kind of go to that next level. Because last year they didn't really scare teams. They need that to be a, a, a threat. And yeah, you touched on it, Ryan. That front seven is depleted. So guys like Brandon Drayton at safety definitely need to uh, step up as well as cornerback Chris Jackson. Those are two key cogs in the back end that need to elevate their game. Um, But I I still think uh, that that getting over the seven win mark is very doable with the schedule that they have. So I'm going over. All right. I'm a bit lower on Marshall than I guess the the betting market is here because you guys mentioned the defense. That was the key to their success last year. They were 22nd in S&P Plus and I just think they're going to regress a good amount. Another loss that they had, not just players to graduation, but a transfer recently, their their best D lineman, Ty Tyler, who had nine sacks last year, off to Louisville. So just kind of made a, a bad situation worse on that front seven. So I'll take my chances with uh, with that plus 155 under. Okay, well, let's say we move on to the uh, Conference USA championship picks, huh? Yeah, yeah. So for every team, um, once we get to the last team in the uh the conference that's on the list will make our yeah conference championship picks did that make any sense did you understand that ryan trey i mean i understood it because i understand what we were doing but <laughs> if i was new to this maybe not the listeners will figure it out yeah, figure, yeah. we're talking conference usa title here um i like marshall out of the east i think isaiah green will make that big jump and kind of just put that offense on another level 
but the two Florida schools are definitely going to make it hard on them, particularly Florida International. I think they'll be the stronger one. Butch Davis has done an unreal job there. Um, and they have maybe the best quarterback actually in the conference, James Morgan. He's a really, really solid player. Mm-hmm. But I don't really trust their defense. They lose quite a bit. And they're terrible against the run. And I, if you're, if you're bad against the run, I'm just never going to go with you. So that's what did it in for me. So Marshall out of the East. And then from the West, I'm going with Southern Miss. Uh, they have a really good defense, maybe the best group of five defense in the country. Um, so I think with with that defense, Jack Abraham back at quarterback, I'm going to say they, uh, they, they win the East and they actually beat Marshall to win the conference. Wow. That's going out on a limb. So I'm going to go a different route, Ryan. I, I really like Butch Davis's FIU squad. I, I think that uh, you kind of underestimated their defense. They got a great linebacker in Sage Lewis, and and their offense is really strong. I just think they're a little more well-rounded than Marshall is. And the other team in that division, Florida Atlantic, losing Singletary is really going to hurt. Um, I just don't see the lane train bouncing back too much. So I'm going with FIU in that division. And then I'm going to say that the West will be represented by North Texas, Mason Fine. I just think that their offense will be able to outscore anyone. And I think FIU will beat North Texas in the title. All right. So for my picks, I am taking from the West, North Texas as well. I mean, Mason Fine, that receiver, Rico Bussey Jr., that's one of the best combos in the country. Does Mason Fine blow your mind? <sighs> I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> uh, UAB. Another another option there in the yeah. West, but they just lost too much yeah. from that roster. I think they'll take a big step back. And in the East, I'm taking FAU, Lane Kiffin, of course, and I'm going to take them to win the conference. Oh, man. Oh, yes, man. Ryan. Yes, I'm doing it. I picked <laughs> them exactly five and seven last year. Don't sure. go back and check, but it's what I did. No, but they were one and four in one score games last year, 112th in the country in turnover margin. So I think that record was misleading. They had a freshman quarterback, Chris Robison. So you'd expect quarterback play to be a lot better this year. Obviously, they're not getting DeAndre Francois. It looked like that for for a minute, um, but that's okay. They do lose Devin Singletary. Trey, you mentioned that, but BJ Emmons, an Alabama transfer, is going to replace him. And the whole roster, like they they've got a lot of talent. Lane Kiffin's been recruiting really well. He's been bringing in transfers from big schools. So, and the other thing I like about them is they get their two biggest competitors in the East, Marshall and FIU, at home. Checkmate, bros. Wow. Okay, there's your so that's one of your crazy predictions. I guess so, yeah. But although yeah. they're the favorite in the betting betting market right now, is which is weird. It does not line up. Okay, with, well then I I guess we're crazy and you're not. I guess. I mean, it's it's they're not a huge favorite, but anyway. Okay, well I'm not giving you credit for that then. All right, so moving on to number nine, we've got Fresno State out of the Mountain West. They're over under set at eight, with the under being the slight favorite at minus one twenty. So you guys have heard me talk about Jeff Tedford and what he's done with Fresno State the last couple of years. I, I just think it's remarkable. Uh, they've gone toe-to-toe with Boise. They even won the Mountain West one year. But now now they're it might have some some pains. They, they lose Marcus McMarion, and they're going to need the very inexperienced Jorge Reyna to step up at quarterback to replace him. Not to mention they also lose the school's all-time best receiver in Keyshawn Johnson. But at running back, they do return Ronnie Rivers and Jordan Mims, so that that should help a little bit with the for, as far as the ground game. The defense also suffered a lot of attrition with some early NFL declarees and and to graduation. 
They they have they do have guys like Juju Hughes. Uh, he's a bright spot in the secondary. But uh, despite my love for for Fresno and and Tedford, I just think they're going to take a step back, and I'm going to take the under. Yeah, they're a hundred and twenty ninth in returning production this year, which is just brutal. So, uh, agree with you. And the offensive line, they only returned one guy there, so just two guys overall on offense. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's it's going to be rough. So, um, and with that tough road schedule at USC, at Air Force, at Hawaii, and at San Diego State, I got to take the under here. Yeah. In addition to that, they they got Minnesota coming to Fresno, who's going to be a pretty good team this year. True. It's another tough game. And yeah, they had they had two guys declare early for the NFL draft, Jeffrey Allison and Mike Bell on defense. So that's for for a team like Fresno, that's going to be hard to to replicate. So I I'm going uh, I'm going under as well on Fresno. Yeah. I mean, I think we're underselling the defense. It's still it's still going to be good. Trey, you bring up uh, Juju Hughes at safety, but they also have a really great corner, Jaron Bryant. He's projected to be first team all conference. So, you know, that's they do have some good pieces. But yeah, I still am going under, I mean, so I guess I can't. Yeah, I mean, I think they're still going to be a fine team. I have them seven and five, but it's I don't think they're going to be the class of the Mountain West like they've been the last couple of years. Okay, next up, number eight on our list is Utah State, also from the Mountain West. Their win total is six and a half. The over is a minus 140 favorite. I think Matt Wells got out at just the right time. They went 11-2 and two last year, and of course, he's off to Texas Tech. So Utah State is going back to the well. Well, not the uh, well. Hey, well, wow. No, maybe someday they'll go back to the wells. <laughs> yeah, they um, could. But no, they're going to Gary Anderson as their head coach. And luckily, they do get Jordan Love back at quarterback, of course. He's one of the best in the country. Now he does lose his top four receivers and nine starters in total on offense. So there's almost no way they don't take a big step back. But I think just having love guarantees the offense will at least be pretty good. And the defense is going to be really good. Their linebacker, David Woodward, Woodward is probably the best in the conference. They got Tipa Nalii, who is a 230-pound, 3-4 defensive end, which is nuts. But he had 10 and a half sacks last year. He's back. So that front seven's right up there with Boise State in in, yeah, in the Mountain West. So I'm going over six and a half. Yeah, you know, I, I thought I was going to be lower on Utah State than most people heading into this year. But man, six and a half is a... That's a low number. Um, they do have some tough gains on the schedule, and they obviously don't have a whole lot coming back around Jordan Love. But that defense is really good. I think they're going to be one of the stronger teams in the conference. And when you have a really good defense and a really good quarterback, I feel like you can get to seven. So I'm I'm uh, I'm going to say they go over as well. Yeah, I do want to touch on on. Uh... Gary Anderson coming back. Bill Connolly, he showed the 10 previous coaches that have come back for a second stint at their school. Eight of the 10 were way worse in their second go around. And so it'll be interesting to see the the long-term prospects of... of uh, Who are the two successful ones? I wonder. Got to think about that. You, 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 you continue and I'll try to think about that here for a sec. <laughs> Well, you know what? I think Mac Brown's going to have some success. Now, it's yeah, hard to be say, as successful as the first time because, I mean, if they bring you back later, it probably means the program went downhill, right? Yeah. Like if yeah, you're going exactly. back. So I, it's hard to expect them to do as well as kind of the glory days. But yeah, right. But I mean, I'm with you guys. I, I like the over. I mean, outside of their game at LSU, they every other game is somewhat winnable. So I'm going over on the Aggies. I can't come up with any of them. All right, you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm on. 
right now Bill Connolly's preview. It's a, no, it's on. It's not on ESPN. No, I know. No, I'm on his uh, SB Nation preview. You think it's my first time on the internet, Trey? Yeah, I know. Um, it's the very first part of the article. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I'm just. <laughs> it's a lot of numbers here, Trey. I don't. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Mike Riley at Oregon State. Oh yeah, yeah. He was one of the like better ones. Yeah, he was uh, a lot more successful in the first stint. He was had a 364 winning percentage in the second stint, 56.3. And then the other successful one was Jim Sweeney from Fresno State. I've never heard of him, so... Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Okay. All right. I hope that was enlightening. Very enlightening. All right, here. Let's move on to our next one there, boys. We got uh, the Fighting Frank Soliches, Ohio, from the MAC. Their uh, win totals being set at 7.5 and and the over... Is the uh, the favorite there at minus one thirty? Solich is entering his fifteenth year as head coach of Ohio. It's crazy to think he's been there a lot long, but uh, this there might be the the highest expectations ever in Athens for him this year with the return of senior quarterback uh, Nathan Work. He's been awesome there now for a couple years. Problem is he loses a lot of his supporting cast: three offensive linemen, their best running back, their best receiver, and tight end. So. Even though Rourke is back, it's kind of like uh, Jordan Love at Utah State. It's The offense is going to take a step back. It's a very similar situation. Yeah. yeah. I think the defense should still be pretty good. It was pretty good last year. But I also think they're going to take a step back with losing both their D tackles. Um, they were pretty good against the run last year, second in the conference. And I just don't think they can replicate that, losing those guys up front. So I got to take the under here. I'm going to say they go 7-5 to five and just miss out on it. I'm going over. I just... I love Nathan Rourke. Yeah. And the O-line, despite losing, you know, those starters you talked about, they've got a lot of upperclassmen, some guys with playing experience. So I don't think it's is as bad as it might look on paper. And I like the way the defense played towards the end of last year. They seemed to get better as the year went on. They shut out San Diego State in their bowl game. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going over. Yeah, I, I love Ohio. I'm on the their bandwagon this year. I'm I'm all in. I think uh, I think the dual threat ability of Rourke will also mask some of the uh, the losses that they had. And I was looking at their schedule right now in November. They're scheduled for midweek action all month, so Ooh. that's gonna that's gonna be awesome. Give me the over. That is awesome. Wow, the king <laughs> of action coming through. Yeah, nice. All right, let's move on to the uh, the title picks here for the MAC. Yes, why are we going to the title picks right now, Ryan? Because Ohio is the last team we're going to preview in that conference. They're okay. the best. All right. Okay, well, I'm getting it now. I'm getting it. Yes, you got it. Good for you, Mike. All right, I'll lead us off here. So even though I am taking the under on Ohio, uh, I still think they're going to win the East uh, at 7-5. and five. That division is the weak division, uh, definitely in the MAC. So for I sure. still think Ohio gets there. And from the West... I'm going to take Western Michigan. Um, they have 18 returning starters from a team that went 7-5 and five last year. And it likely would have been a better year last year if their 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 quarterback, John Wasink, didn't get hurt midway through the year. Um, he was He's good. He was putting up really good numbers. So um, I have them beating Ohio uh, for the MAC title. Ryan, I have the exact same thing. Wow. Okay. I, yeah, I... I love Western Michigan. You, you're right that the the West division is is harder to pick. Toledo's probably the favorite. They should have a, a really good offense. Mitchell yeah. Guadani back. Um, Northern Illinois is right there, but new coach, new system. Yeah, Sutton Smith gone. Like he was so productive. Yeah, um, yeah. I just I love Western Michigan. Same reasons. Levante Bellamy at running back. He could 
have a monster year. He might go for 1,500 yards if, if all, all goes right. Now, they did lose their, their top receiver, Jaden Reed, transferred to, to Michigan State, which really hurts. But I, I still really like the team, really like the offense. They're so. still rowing the boat there. They still, well, they're, they're, they're trying. They're trying. Yeah. Yeah. So I I agree on Western Michigan. I love them, but the problem I have with them is their schedule. They they have the toughest schedule in that division. They have to play the three best MAC teams on the road, and in their own division, they play at Toledo. So for that reason, I'm going to take Toledo. Uh, they got a more favorable schedule. They actually avoid Ohio from the east. So I'm going to take Toledo, um, and then I've I've got them facing Ohio. Um, Buffalo, they just lose too much, particularly Tyree Jackson and Anthony Johnson and KJ Osborne transferred to Miami at, at receiver. So that's right. I think Ohio is actually going to beat Toledo and Frank Solich will win the Mac for the first time. Wow. All right. 15 years later. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. They might have been the best team last year. They just, they had, uh, you know, they lost by three to Northern Illinois and by two. Uh, to Miami of Ohio, so they were they were that close. They were, and they killed. Who won? Buffalo won it, right? Or um, yeah, Buffalo, no, Northern Illinois, right? Beat Buffalo in the. Oh uh, yeah, because Buffalo had the big lead. Buffalo had a big lead and blew it. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, but Ohio earlier in the season had like murdered Buffalo. Right. They did. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's get to number six. We've got Houston. The Cougars are out of the AAC, and their over under set at seven and a half. So one of the surprising coaching hires uh, this offseason or coaching changes was Dana, Dana Holgerson going to Houston. And that's going to be a lot of fun to watch because this offense is loaded. Michael, your favorite, Derek King, um, you know, he gets a lot of pub about his running ability, but he also completed 64% of his passes. He had a 36 to 6 touchdown to interception ratio. Wow. So he's – and they're also – they also return a 1,000-yard receiver in Marquez Stevenson – they got Keith Corbin on the outside too. I mean, they they're pretty loaded on offense, so this should be fun to watch. Now, the problem is, I'm not really <laughs> going to touch much on the defense because oh. they're not going to touch much on the offensive side of the opposing team. <laughs> okay, so, that was a little clunky, but yeah, I I get where you're going with. I get where you're yeah, going well, with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They just have too many losses, especially at Oliver, of course. So, I love watching this offense, but I'm going to go under just because of that defense. Ooh, okay. I am, uh, I'm a disagree. I'm taking it over here on Houston. Offense is incredible. Um, yes, the defense was really not very good last year. So there's only one way to go. They're going to go up. I think that Ed Oliver era was quite disappointing, especially the, the last couple years. Um, but they're bringing in a new defensive coordinator, Joe Cawthon. I, I think his aggressive style is going to kind of lead to, to some more improvements. I would think at least a little bit. Um, they got a ton of transfers coming in to help kind of shore up that that side of the ball as well, yeah. particularly in the secondary. They have six guys transferring in to the secondary. It's like, yeah. whoa. I've got a list I, of transfers here. Can I go through that? Yeah. Okay. Sure, Mike. They got five three-star JUCO transfers on the front seven, plus a transfer from from Northwestern at linebacker. And in the secondary, you, you alluded to it, they got Jordan Mo- Jordan Moore, a former four-star safety from A&M, Colin Samuel, four-star cornerback from UCLA and two JUCO All-Americans. So, yeah, it's... That's what I'm saying. They're they're trying to address it immediately. Yeah, they really brought in some talent there. So it might take a little bit of a while to kind of mesh together, but I don't think they're going to be worse, definitely, than than last year. So 
I'm actually going to take the over here on Houston, and I'm going to make them my lock. And they're going to be my New Year's Six bowl game pick. Whoa! Mm -hmm. Ryan, I hate you right now. (laughs) Because... Is Houston your... I love Houston. Yeah. I love Houston. I think (laughs) Dana Holgerson's such a huge upgrade over over Major Applewhite. Yep. And Derek King, I just want to... I just want to give I'm I'm trying to give an opinion that's going to top your what you just did, Ryan. But can't do it. I think he's the third best quarterback in the country. Is that is that spicy wow. enough? Wow, Tua, Trevor and then yeah. Derek. And Derek King. And you got like Fromm and wow, that's Martinez. And we're talking college, of course. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. That's where I think he is. So, um yeah, I I love Houston and I'm going to make that they're over my lock. Ooh! All right, that's and our first agreement. I'm gonna, on I'm gonna pick them as my New Year's Six participant. <laughs> oh, wow. That's amazing! And and they're gonna win the national championship. I'm gonna pick them to make yeah, the playoff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. No, sure. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing no, that. You're not, yeah, I just tried to one up <laughs> you, but yeah. Wow, Ryan, we're thinking alike there. Yeah, they're, they're, it's like, hey, the defense sucks, but they can just be the Oklahoma of yeah, the exactly. G5. You know, they'll still be great either way. Yeah. Just get lucky with forcing some turnovers. They'll be more aggressive. Get the ball to Derek King, and they'll put up a touchdown. They just got to win one of those OU or Wazoo games. Yeah. Obviously, Wazoo is is the one. Yeah, exactly. They can lose to OU and be fine. But uh, Okay. Yep. That was fun. Uh, on to the biggest competition for Houston in the AAC West. Number five on our list is Memphis. Their win total is 9.5. The over is a minus 125 favorite. They should be really good this year. The skill talent is great. You got Brady White at quarterbacks, very solid. DeMonte Coxey at receiver had 1,100 yards last year. Now, there's some big losses, obviously, on that offense. Daryl Henderson, 8.9 yards per carry last year, 1,900 yards. So that's a huge loss. Tony Pollard, probably their second best running back last year, kind of running back slash receiver out of the backfield. He's gone. I think that's really going to hurt the offense. I know Patrick Taylor is back. He ran for 1,100 yards, no slouch, but he was way less efficient than than those other two. Um, now, the defense, it should be pretty decent, especially by AAC stand, standards. But with new coordinators on both sides of the ball and no Daryl Henderson, I'm just I'm going to take under. It's a high total to get to. Yeah, it is. But I... I love Memphis this year. I think, I think Patrick Taylor will fill the void, not completely, but I think he'll be just fine. Like you said, Michael, he had over a thousand yards. So I think he'll, he'll do, he'll make up for some of that loss. So this offense should just put up huge numbers. The defense is usually Memphis's downfall when it comes to, you know, playing and, and winning this conference, but I don't see that being too much of the case this year. They played a bunch of underclassmen last year. They also bring in a Juco All-American on the D-line. Uh, Bryce Huff at linebacker had 19 tackles for loss and nine and a half sacks. So I think they go over because of the schedule. And if they beat Ole Miss in the opener, I'll be very confident. And in fact, I think they will. So I'm going to call for Memphis to be my New Year's Six team. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. Interesting. All right. Well, I, I, I agree, Trey. I really like Memphis this year. Uh, schedule soft, and I think they will beat Ole Miss out of the gate. And then after that, I mean, I think they'll be, they should be heavy favorites in their next eight games until they go to Houston. So it could be a special season here, there in Memphis. And I think defense is going to get better. So with a improved defense, good offense, got to go over here with Memphis. 
Alrighty though, boys, let's move on to uh, our next one here. We got the uh, Appalachian State Mountaineers out of the Sun Belt. Their over-unders being set at nine, and the over is the favorite there at minus 135. It's kind of crazy how they've become the class of that conference so quickly. Uh, This year doesn't seem to be any different. They, of course, lost their coach Satterfield, but they return a ton of talent. 15 starters overall. Zach Thomas is maybe the best quarterback in that conference. Uh, the one question mark is with uh, Eli Drinkowitz. Will he change the offense a little bit? At NC State, he really liked to throw the ball. I mean, maybe that was kind of their strength as a team, but App State has been known as a ground-and-pound, ground-oriented offense. So, I mean, I think they could be successful throwing because Thomas is good and they got some good weapons, but they're at their best when they pound it. Um, it's been proven as their track record. So that that's a concern of mine. Conference-leading defense will still be really good. Uh, as long as long as somebody steps up at that nose tackle position, they lost uh, McQuan Stout. He was a good nose tackle. But, That's uh, a fantastic name for a nose tackle, too. Yeah, I know. That is. It really is. Uh, but they still have a ton of talent on that side of the ball. So when I'm looking at this schedule, I got a really tough time seeing four losses. So I'm taking the over. I really like Appalachian State here. I think uh, Zach Thomas is really good. And, and if they do, if Drinkowitz does decide to kind of open it up more, Corey Sutton is a huge big play threat. He averaged over 17 yards per catch. So if they do transition to that style, I don't see it being a huge issue. Um, their defense, like you said, Ryan, it, it should be good. They got veteran coach Ted Roof is their, their new D coordinator there. So I, they're going to be favored in a lot of their games. I like the team that they have returning, especially on offense. So I'm taking the over and I'm going to make it my lock of the preview. Ooh, wow. I like that pick. I This was my second choice for a lock. I just, Zach Thomas, I think, is one of the most underrated players coming into the year in college football. He is awesome. And he's good. App State right now is currently a minus 140 favorite against the field in the Sun Belt. So, wow. yeah, they're the dominant team in that conference right now. Well, that's uh, that's harsh. Troy's I, I, been Troy. pretty good. Yeah, Troy's been pretty yeah. good. All right, I, I got a little excited. I'm yeah. sorry, Ryan. <laughs> but but no, last year, I mean, their only losses were at Penn State in overtime and a loss to Georgia Southern where Zach, Zach Thomas was hurt and the backups were just terrible. Yeah, so, that was a huge, huge discrepancy in quarterback play. It was weird. It was a weird score, but it was because of that injury. Yep. Every other game, they won by double digits. So I, I think they'll be even better this year and I'm, I'm going over. Yeah. Okay, Mike, so... App State is our favorite from that conference, the Sun Belt. So what does that mean? Um, we move on to number three, Boise State. Oh, Michael, Michael, Michael. Sun Belt Championship here. Oh, I'm so, oh, dear me. Oh, man. I'm so stupid. <laughs> I remember my first podcast. <laughs> oh, wasn't that long ago. It was like a couple of years ago. So <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. All right, so uh, the main competition uh, for Zach Thomas and App State, we already we just mentioned him, uh, will we'll come from Troy, uh, who also returns a, a lot of talent after losing their coach. Similar story. So I think the East will actually come down to the last game of the season when App State visits Troy. Um, I do think App State will, will pull that one out. So I got App State uh, from the East, and then from the West, I'm going to go a little bit of a dark horse here. I'm going to take Louisiana Monroe. Oh, whoa. whoa. All right. Yeah. Caleb Evans. Yeah. I'm I'm taking I'm taking Monroe. Uh I think their QB, Caleb Evans, he's he's definitely underappreciated. I don't have you guys ever heard of him? I literally just said his name, Ryan. No, you didn't. 
I do, okay, the <laughs> listeners will know. <laughs> I don't. Really, I don't really listen to you when you speak. Sometimes, Mike. all right. <laughs> all right, he's good. He's, and they got sixteen starters coming back, including their entire offensive line and their entire defensive line. And just one of those players won't be a senior. So their lines experienced, old, good. I'm I'm liking Monroe's chances. This is the year for them. But I do think they'll lose to App State in the title game. Yeah, I. Um... I'm with you. I have App State in that that on the east side. You didn't really talk about Troy though. They they do have Caleb Barker returning at quarterback and Carlton Marshall is a solid linebacker to watch too. But uh I just think the Mountaineers are are a step better than the Trojans this year. So I got App State out of there. And then I was between Arkansas State and Louisiana Lafayette for for the other side. Um I know Arkansas State has to replace Justin Han- Justice Hansen, but they have a better defense and probably the best D-line in the conference. So I'm going with Arkansas State to face App State with App State winning it all. All right. Well, I also have App State winning it all. And I will say they beat, I mean, Ryan, who do you think I'm going to choose? Billy Napier. Billy Napier, Louisiana. Yep. Louisiana. Exactly. I Lafayette. mean, he's recruiting really well. He had one of the best classes in Sunbelt history this year. They've got Five O line starters coming back, all seniors. So I think the offense will really be, be really good. Defense isn't quite there yet, so that's why I have them going down in the championship game. All right, okay, fair enough. Next, we've got number three, Boise State, out of the Mountain West. Their over under is set at ten, with the under being the slight favorite at minus one twenty. So the biggest concern for Boise is who's going to replace four year starter Brett Rippon. He was the Mountain West's all-time leading passer. And it, it's looking like it's coming down to dual-threat sophomore Chase Cord or their highly-touted freshman Hank Backmeyer. They also have to replace Alexander Mor- Matt, sorry, Morgan, Alexander Madison, who left early at, at running back. So that's a big loss. But uh, spring ball indicates it's going to be more of a, a committee back there. So their streak of, of 10 straight 1,000-yard rushers could potentially end this year. Uh, they do have a lot of skill, though, returning at wideout and all their linemen. So their offense should be pretty solid as long as one of those quarterbacks can can step up for them. Now, the good thing for Boise is they do return a lot of defensive production. Uh, they got David Moa, a defensive lineman who missed most of last year to injury, but he's back. He had eight and a half sacks a couple of years ago. So I think the defense is a good in good hands. You guys might touch on Curtis Weaver. He's he's awesome. Uh, Sounds so, like you just did. <laughs> wow, you covered it. <laughs> you said, yeah, you leading go. pass rusher. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the man. But uh, I think ten wins is a good over under for them. But I'm going to lean under just because of that that new quarterback. Yeah, and that quarterback situation is is one of the toughest to to call this year. Um, there is Jalen Henderson is also a, another guy in that race, former JUCO transfer, but. Yeah, I'll guess that it goes to Chase Cord um, just because of that that dual threat ability. And I think he'll be put in a good position with the entire O-line back and, and all that great skill talent you mentioned, Trey. And the defense, despite kicking one of their best linebackers, Tyson Maeva, off the team, is still, I think, the best in the Mountain West. One guy I want to touch on, I don't know if you guys have heard of him, Curtis Weaver. <laughs> their leading pass rusher last year. Ryan, you might touch more on him, but yeah, uh, I'm going to go under here. Even though I really like the team, just because of the non-conference schedule, you got Florida State in Jacksonville. Boise's currently a four-point dog in that one. Debatable. And then they play Marshall, who we already talked about, and then at BYU, 
who obviously I love this year. So yeah, yeah again, it takes 11 and one to beat me here. I got to go under. Yeah, Mike, I mean, I pretty much have the exact same notes that you just had there. It's I'm not going to even really touch on it. I'm going to go under Rob Boise. I just agree with everything you guys said. Wait, I didn't hear anything about Curtis Weaver, though. Yeah, Curtis Weaver, anything on him? Uh, he's a good at getting to the quarterback. That That is tremendous insight. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we talk about Boise, so it's that time, guys. The Mountain West championship picks. Wait, wait, we didn't talk about San Jose State, though. So, Oh, they didn't quite make the list, Ryan. Here's your Well, here's your chance, though. So <laughs> true. <laughs> Not that crazy. Yeah, okay. Well, so the Mountain Division comes down to Boise and Utah State. It's kind of opposites with Utah State returning a great quarterback with not much around him and then it's you got Boise with they return a lot except for their quarterback. So I just think Boise's too good on their defense and they're going to roll through their schedule enough to win the division. So I'm going to say Boise plays San Diego State. Juwan Washington, Aztecs. he's going to have a great year on the ground. Ryan Agnew should hopefully improve at least a little bit at quarterback. He better. He needs to improve a lot. Yeah, well, he does. But the the one thing, <laughs> though, for San Diego State, they avoid Boise and get Fresno and Utah State at home. So they have a favorable schedule. So Boise is going to win and beat San Diego State. All right. I agree with you about, about Boise State. Uh, another thing, their schedule is very fab- favorable because they avoid the two best teams from the West, San Diego State and Fresno State. So, yeah, they're... I, I really like them to, to win the mountain. In the West, I'm going with Hawaii. Oh, That nice. would be so awesome. Yeah, they returned 17 starters, including, of course, Cole McDonald at quarterback, who was incredible last year, you know, when he had a healthy scrotum. And he's got a great, <laughs> he's got a great receiving core. Cedric Bird, JoJo Ward, they're going to have huge years. I really like Hawaii <laughs> to go down to Boise. I think that needs to be the soundbite of the year for us <laughs> oh man yeah <laughs> okay yeah mike follow I, that uh, one up ryan yeah man i, <laughs> I oh by the way by the way another reason i like boise curtis weaver at linebacker yeah. watch out yeah. for that guy you're gonna hear a lot great about point. him this year great point. Uh, i agree with you though michael i'm taking boise uh and i'm also i'm also taking hawaii they have so much talent wow. there coming back it's awesome Nick Ryan, Rolovich. we're thinking to like this episode. Nick Rolovich has done a great job. I, I think he's doing awesome. I was thinking about taking the Aztecs, like Trey, but they just lost a lot from their defense. And Ryan Agnew sucks. He's just really <laughs> not good. He, he's like completely like fifty-one percent of his passes in a in a run-heavy offense. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's not good. Very blah. So going Boise versus Hawaii, and Boise wins it all. Okay, number two on our list is Cincinnati. Their win total is seven and a half. The over's a minus one twenty favorite. And they were eleven and two last year. But the reason it's, you know, I guess a relatively low uh total this year is is they've they've got a tough schedule. But I like this team. The freshman Desmond Ritter last year, really efficient as a passer, pretty good runner. And speaking of good runners, Michael Warren is back at running back. He had thirteen hundred yards and nineteen touchdowns last year. And the defense, which really was their strength should still be really good. They The defensive line is a concern. They lose three guys that were all conference, but they do get Kevin Muhan back, their best D lineman from uh, a couple years ago. He's He was out for the season with injury last year, so I'm going to lean over. Um, Yeah, I didn't quite realize since he had such a tough schedule until I was doing the research on them. I mean, UCLA, at Ohio State, Miami of Ohio, is like the easiest game, but that's not a gimme. Uh, and at Marshall, that's... Uh, it's a tough slate there. It is. 
and they they actually draw all the tough teams from the American, you know, the Memphis's, the Houston's. So they really do have a, a tough schedule. So I mean, I wanted to take the over. I do like Desmond Ritter. I do like Michael Warren. But you know, with that tough schedule coupled with the fact that I mean, they Michael, you put a pretty rosy picture on their lines. They they only have four returning players of, of experience on that line. I mean, I, I'm counting the guy that sat out last year. So that's uh, I don't know. They just have too much to replace up front for me to go with them. So I'm I'm taking the under. I didn't I didn't see Luke Fickle's turnaround coming last year. That was uh, pretty impressive. And and there's a lot of building blocks uh, that they've got going forward. I really like this Cincinnati team. We also didn't touch on the back end of the defense. is 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 pretty good. They've got linebackers Gerald White and Brian Wright. Those guys are are studs back there. But uh, I think that the the tandem of Ritter and Warren is going to be good enough to get them to to eight wins. So I'm taking the over. Okay. So yes, Trey, you're talking about how you didn't see Cincinnati having, having such a great turnaround last year from from Luke Fickle. I mean, you guys think he's going to get uh, kind of some more looks from higher profile jobs if he follows it up with another good year this year? Yeah, 100%. He's probably the guy that we left out uh we were just talking about right seth luttrell yeah right and brian harson but luke fickle i mean yeah. the way he recruits especially if he yeah follows up last year with another big year he'll be one of the top guys out there for sure yeah it's true all right well moving on here let's move on to uh our number one team from the group of five ucf uh their over under is being set at nine and the over is the favorite there at minus 125 so two two straight undefeated regular seasons, just an incredible run they've had. But I think it's time for them to come back down to earth a little bit. Of course, losing Mackenzie Milton is just brutal. Um, and then on top of that, you lose Daryl Mack, who just broke his ankle not that long ago. So he's probably out for the year. Uh, I, he apparently might not be out for the entire season. Yeah, but. I, I, he might be able to come back later, but it's it's Brandon Woodbush's job now. Yeah, yeah. So... Luckily, they do have Brandon Wimbush, uh, but he's no he's no Mackenzie Milton, uh, so that's going to be a very 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 big drop off. And but outside of quarterback, the offense will still be really good. Adrian Killens and Greg McRae are two really really good playmakers, so I'm sure they're going to lean heavily uh, on the ground game this year. But I just think the defense is going to take a major step back with, uh, with with really only Brendan Hayes returning on that defensive line with any significant experience. So. I think they'll really struggle stopping the run, and I don't think they're going to be able to force as many turnovers as last year. They were plus 14 in that turnover margin last year. That's that's going to regress. I mean, they might still be decent at it, but that, that ain't going to be that good. So I am actually going to take the under here uh, on UCF. Okay. I, I think you're a little bit harsh on the defense. You're, you're right. They lose a lot of pieces up front, but I think they should be about as good as last year. The secondary is great might be the best in the AAC Richie Grant at safety had over 100 tackles and six interceptions last year he's back so they've they've got a lot of of great talent back there um but yeah the offense I'm I'm thinking it's going to drop off more than people think just because I do not trust Brandon Wimbush's arm I was going to feel good about about UCF maybe even I don't know if I would have gone over but I'd be leaning more towards push if they had Daryl Mack Jr. for sure, if he was healthy. Yeah. Because I, I liked what I saw from him last year. So uh, with the questionable arm of Wimbush, I'm, I'm taking the under. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Wimbush, he 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 struggled even with the great team he had around him at Notre Dame early in, in last season. But I, I really love Josh Heupel, and I, I think he'll make him at least a little more effective, uh, more effective than he was. 
especially with all that talent around him. So I think he'll be serviceable. Let's put it that way. Uh, defensively, they also have great linebackers, Nate Evans and Eric Mitchell. Um, so I, I do think they'll take a step back, but I don't see them winning less than nine games. Uh, they're going to be favored in or barely an underdog in, in all of them. So I'm going to say over and at worst case, they, they push at nine and three. All right. Fair enough. Uh, so let's get to the, uh, the conference title picks in the American. So in the West, but it was really hard for me to pick between Memphis and Houston because I really do like both teams. Um, but I ended up taking Houston because they do get Memphis in Houston. So that, that's a big reason why. Um, but from the East, it's going to be close, but, um, I'm still going with UCF, even though I am taking them under, um, I do. Th- I just think they're going to hold probably like the tiebreaker over Cincinnati, um, and I think that'll be just enough to get them in. I considered South Florida. I mean, if you would have did this uh, about a year and uh, two months ago, or a year and a half ago, almost when he was, they were seven and zero. They were looking pretty good. Yeah, we kind of knew that was. Yeah, we all kind of knew they weren't. <laughs> they right, weren't but. actually that good. They had a really soft schedule, but yeah. I'm 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 con- I considered them because they do return a lot of production. Blake Barnett was was decent at QB last year, maybe not great, but decent. Jordan Conkright was a good running back. I like him. Oh yeah, but I just I couldn't go with a team that lost their last six games of the year, and every single one of those losses was by double digits. Yeah, it was rough. One more guy, one more skill guy. I want to bring up on them, Johnny Ford. It's like, oh yeah, I know Johnny yeah. Ford's awesome. He's good, all-purpose guy. <laughs> he's uh, he's like a five-five running back. They're gonna play him at receiver this year too. So. Watch out for but him. But it's weird, like, Charlie Strong is known for his defense, and they struggled mightily, and they don't yep. look promising this year either. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So, couldn't take them to win it. Um, and then I have Houston beating UCF for the uh, the American Championship. Okay, yeah, Ryan, we've got the, the same picks. I've got Houston over UCF. I do want to give out give a shout-out, though, to my boy, Shane Bechel at SMU. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got an incredible receiving core. James Prochet is going to have a big year. I, I just think SMU is going to be better than people think. But yeah, I got Houston over UCF. So you guys obviously took Houston as your New Year's Six. I took Memphis. So I'm, I've got Memphis beating UCF. Uh, you know, third time is a charm. They've matched up the last couple of years. And I just think Memphis has enough pieces to get over the hump and, and they're going to beat their nemesis. All right, that does it for our top 10 list. Uh, Trey, it's time to put you on the hot seat. First question, which team was the biggest snub from our top 10 list? I'm going to go with San Diego State. Uh, you guys know I'm pretty high on them for the for my, from the Mountain West picks, but uh, Rocky Long, he continues to overachieve with his players, and they're always in the hunt in the Mountain West and consistently in bowl games, and I love Jawan Washington returning, so I'm going to say the Aztecs. All righty. Who is the most underrated player from the group of five? So I'm going to go with someone you talked about earlier, Ryan. John Wasink, the quarterback from Western Michigan. He missed the whole month of November due to injury, still threw for over 2,000 yards, completed over 60% of his passes. So he's going to break out this year with the weapons he has returning. Which group of five game is ESPN College Game Day most likely to attend this year? I got to say it's Stanford at UCF on September 14th. Um, They might go pay respect for what the Knights have done the last couple years. And if Stanford manages to beat Northwestern and USC, it's it's very possible that they'll they'll go there. How dare you? El Asico is that day, Trey. 
Ooh, yeah. Wow. Michael's game day location for sure there in Ames. Probably Clemson at Syracuse, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, who knows? Okay, Trey, would you rather suffer Cole McDonald's scrotum injury or have to become a diehard UTEP fan? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's rough. Oh, wow. I mean, I guess if you're a UTEP fan, that's like lifelong torture, maybe. So I think yeah. maybe just the temporary torture of the scrotum injury. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh. What do you really What do you really need that for, Trey? All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, I gotta take the the scrotum injury. Wow. <laughs> wow. I didn't to get Trey to say that those words. That's that's pretty good, right? Yeah. yeah I'm gonna save yeah. that as a as an audio drop. Uh, okay. Uh, this we got a long episode here, so let's finish it off with a questionable finish. Which player has the best name in the group of five? Okay, I'm gonna go with Samuel L. Jackson, left guard for UCF. I actually don't know if his middle name is starts with an L, but uh, oh, okay, I just put it in there anyways. It's Samuel Jackson, I know for sure. I I could have looked it up, but I didn't. That'd be too much work. It's a questionable finish, so... It's very true. Yeah. Uh, mine is UAB defensive end Tyler Scrotum. Oh. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made that one up. Yes. Oh. <laughs> well, Ryan, you're going to be jealous of my real choice. It's Ball State wide receiver Yo Hines Tyler. So that's Y-O apostrophe H-E-I-N-Z. He's got Hines in his oh, name. Wow. Oh, wow. That's what you should be named, Ryan. He- Players are going to have a tough time catching up to him. Oh, that's actually was well done, Travis. Nice. <laughs> well done. Yeah, I put a little mustard on that one for you. <laughs> All no, right, quit while you're ahead. Quit while you're ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one, I didn't. I don't have anything clever. I've just always liked Adrian Killens. I just and he's yeah. he just his speed is just incredible, and he just he kills him with the speed. I love that name. All right, next question. Army has been top five in the country in fourth down conversions for three straight years. When's the last gutsy decision that you made? All right, guys. So, you know, we've all been to Chipotle, and everyone probably has their go-to Chipotle order, but I was I was gutsy. I went with the barbacoa. I usually go wow. primarily steak, maybe chicken, but I went off the radar, went barbacoa. How was it? It was it was good. I mean, I don't I won't I can go back to my my staple, but it was good. <laughs> yeah, I've only ever had chicken or steak. Yeah, because you're right. I'm just like I'm scared to make a change. Yeah, me too. Only steak. I've tried chicken, but I don't like it as much. Okay, mine. I volunteered to take care of Ryan's dog while he oh, was in Italy. That was the gutsy wow. choice I made. Yeah, yeah. Didn't pay off. Did no. not pay off. No, no, no. At least you got a gift card out of it. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> kind of ripped you off on that one. <laughs> pawned, a, pawned the dog off on my parents, but kept the gift card. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Yard house. Yeah. Yard How much house. is on there? Ten bucks. Real, real. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just kidding. How much? It's it's fifty. It's it's a good. Nice. Meal. That's good. Yeah. All right. That's like ten beers. And yeah, you need to get those one of those yard type beers. Ooh, those are I've fun. never had one of those. That's fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, for me, it would be. I actually did it today. I was I was driving home uh, and I was at zero miles of gas, and I was like about five miles from my exit off the freeway, and I could have got off on the freeway right next to me and just said, "Okay, let's just get gas." But I was like, "No, nah, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait till I get off on the exit, you know, where I where I live." And 
I did it. I did it. Wow. Good for you, Ryan. I made it. Wow. <laughs> Happy for you. One of these times, like Seinfeld, I want to like just die. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. It's, ne- it's never happened to me. How far can you go? Last question. Name something you'd be willing to promise to the listeners on the condition that you only have to do it if UTEP wins the national championship. So I'll go first, show you how it's done. Well, I'll just make it simple. I'll give the listeners a billion dollars. I promise. I will do it. Who's <laughs> sure you will? Yeah, for sure. Make a lot of money in this podcast business. Yeah, well, I would have a scrotum injury. Wow. And Ooh. and I would I would just give up like every I would give up cookies, I would give up watching wow. sports, I would give up okay. well, I think I can arrange that that first item you mentioned, Trey. If you get UTEP to win the national championship, we have a deal. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta okay, kick you in the for, scrotum. For me? Uh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna offer my services. I'm gonna be a. I'd be your butler. Oh wow! All right. Yeah, I'll I'll go to wherever you live and I'll be your butler for like a month. How about that? That's it. <laughs> okay, fine. For a year, you'll, I'll be your butler. I mean, we don't have anything to gain from these promises. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. If you like the show, be sure to give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. Retweet it when we post it on Twitter. Next week, oh boy, next week we got the Big Ten. Oh boy, the Adrian Martinez Conference. Exactly, 12-0 Nebraska, uh, not to give away our, our picks, but uh, <laughs> we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, Like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.